Good evening and welcome to the NFL Draft. What's up, everybody? Welcome into another episode of The Cut. I am your host, Christian Williams, and I am here with Randy Hall. Randy, how are you on this fine evening? I'm doing pretty good. Uh, just watching this national championship game, also on the side here, even though Gonzaga's trying to come back at some point here. Jesus. <laughs> I I tweeted, yeah, this game's over when it was like 9 nothing, I think, and I'm sticking to it. I think this game's probably over, so... Honestly, they just dominated every aspect, and Baylor has been for most of this tournament, so probably deservedly so. Yeah, they're very, very good. Um, but this is not a, an NCAA tournament podcast. This is a football podcast, and we have an exciting episode for you guys today. We will be talking about the top 10 linebackers in this class. We'll probably mix in some of the 11, 12, and 13s as well, just as side notes, but we're definitely going to focus on those those top 10 and ours differ as usual. We always differ, uh, but it, not a, not a huge amount of, of differentiation here. A lot of the same guys that we'll talk about. So we'll get into that, but first make sure you guys subscribe to the podcast. If this is your first time joining us, we do have a ton of content lined up here in the next couple of weeks. Uh, the draft guide is on its way. We're <laughs> down to the, the nitty gritty on that. Once we get through all these positional breakdowns, the draft guide will be made available. Uh, we also have mock draft after mock draft coming out. I still have a couple prospect profiles I'd love to do. Uh, we've got a, a great team over at thecutffb.com that's writing articles. A lot of stuff coming your way here in the next couple of weeks. So make sure you guys bookmark the website. Follow us on Twitter at thecutffb. Follow me at cwilliamsnfl. I tweet just far too much. Uh, follow Randy at our Hall NFL. He tweets far too little. Uh, <laughs> so you'll get the, the polar opposite nature of that. But yeah, so tons of content coming. Make sure you guys, if you like this episode, make sure you leave us a review, preferably four or five stars. Uh, if you think we're a one-star podcast, remember, you can tell us, you can DM us. That's fine. We'd like the feedback. However, drop the four or five star. It definitely helps us. Uh, and. We could use the help. We could always use the help. And we definitely appreciate anything that you have to say about us. So, um, And then lastly, I, when I was talking about the content, I did not mention the live stream, uh, which thank you for putting that in the doc, Randy. Uh, so we talked about it Friday during the Friday Fix. We will have an NFL Draft live stream. It's looking like we're going to try to do something on all three days, whether or not Randy's there, whether or not all of us are able to make it for all three days. The idea is that we will have some type of stream going for the NFL draft. We've got some big plans for that. So join us on NFL draft night. I know uh, you'll get the the A plus uh, content from Todd McShay and Mel Kuyper, but you'll get the A plus plus if you tune into our stream. So uh, make sure that'll be on YouTube. We do have a YouTube account as well. Uh, search the cut FFB in your search bar and you'll find us. Uh, it'll be on YouTube, Twitch, and Twitter, I think, are the three that we'll roll with. We might stream to Facebook as well. So that's coming. Randy, are you excited for that? Yeah, for sure. I definitely, uh, even though I did put this in the show doc, I definitely need to reach out to my bosses to try to coordinate all of that, you know? Yeah. I'm sure we have a tournament that weekend. So get off uh, work somewhere between like 10 and like 5 on Friday, you know? <laughs> we'll figure it yeah. out. Yeah, yeah, that'll work. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, so yeah, that we've got a ton of stuff coming your way. That we're, I personally am super, super pumped about this draft guide. A lot of people are dropping theirs right now. I know Dame Brugler is about to drop his this week. All exciting stuff. His is called the Beast. We are not going to match the Beast, um, but we're also not making you pay for a subscription like the Athletic does. So uh, it will be free this year. We're unsure exactly how it's going to drop. I believe it'll be on the website. There will be a link to it, um, but it's a very large document. So excited for that. I think it looks pretty cool. But all right, let's talk about the top 10 linebackers of the 2021 NFL draft class. Uh, we've been going 10 to 1 in the past. I think it's worked out fairly well. 
but I think I want to go one to one to ten because there isn't a ton of consensus here at the top. So let's switch it up and let's go top to bottom, one to ten. The only true consensus at number one. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So Randy, who's your your number one linebacker? All right. Well, for both of us, we went with Michael Parsons, which I thought was surprising. Uh, putting this in for you. Uh, with yep. where we were in January, I think I talked you off a ledge here. Um, and some more tape watching, obviously. I'm, I know it's not all me, but uh, yeah. Michael Parsons is a first-round linebacker, no doubt. Ultra, ultra-fast, an incredible athlete. Uh, great change of direction and range. So he, he uses that athleticism to the fullest at the, every aspect of the linebacker position. He's a stellar tackler who gets off block easily. So he he truly can play stack uh, linebacker. Um, I think he could play multiple positions, but I think he's going to need to learn still. I don't think he's anywhere near his full uh, full potential, which is a good thing though. If you're if you're at your full potential, which some of these guys are, honestly, um, I, like you know what you're getting, but. <laughs> There's there's little to be left to be desired where Michael Parsons, who is absolutely incredible already, uh, still can improve so much. And his worst thing, literally, uh, even though he's an incredible athlete with great speed, change direction, range, versatility, really everything. He's not great in coverage. Uh, he's he's average is the way I like to put it um, out of 10. I would give him a five um, because he literally. Because of his elite athletic traits, he does enough in coverage. And if you set him in a, a shallow zone, he'll be effective uh, because pretty much anyone could be. Um, let's be real. Yeah. <laughs> With yeah. any kind of speed to your game, you can cover short, shallow zone. Um, so if he can grow there, uh, he will be an absolute killer linebacker. I think he would benefit greatly from being an outside linebacker early for at least the first year. Uh, that way it allows him in some multiple different fronts to also partially be an edge rusher and a heavy blitzer outside linebacker. I think you can play either side with that. Uh, but he does have the ability to be a future Mike, in my opinion, if he can figure out certain pass coverage aspects and certain play wreck instinctual things that he has to still work the kinks out of. But he's he's really good prospect. He is. Now, <clears throat> in terms of him being a Mike, I do think that there are probably some teams that question that. Now, we would be remiss if we didn't bring up all of the character concerns that are surrounding Micah Parsons, the reason that he may be falling down draft boards. There was talk that another guy that we're about to talk about may go in the top 15, and if that's the case, then I don't think Micah does. Uh, yeah, 100%. so. There's only but, one. There's only going to be one linebacker in the top fifteen. I'll, I'll say that. Yeah. <laughs> well, for sure. t- you know what? Top fourteen, but most likely top fifteen. <laughs> yes. Uh, but so the character concerns. I, I'm not going to dive into details because they're, I mean, they're pretty nasty. Some of the allegations that he has against him well, are, are pretty nasty. They're pretty nasty, but they're also pretty like, uh, un. I don't know the best. There's not a lot of information really because yes. there's not any true like lawful or any kind of suits or anything to an extent that would warrant a lot of teams taking him off their boards now yeah. possibly dropping him slightly on boards yes sure a few yeah. there's a few teams that might take him off boards just simply because they tried to hold their team to a a standard that's above and beyond what a normal person should be and honestly that's athletes should probably be at that level when you're getting paid this much and in front of the public that much. And when you have the kind of platform they do, you should probably uh, be held to a higher standard. So yeah, you uh, and, can be a role model and and you should mix it in. Well, I, I want to mix in what Bucky Brooks said a couple months ago, which was that he's been following this kid since high school and he's had maturity concerns since then. Now I, again, this is all, uh, secondhand information i obviously can't speak to michael parsons's character and i don't want to knock the kid for that however it is worth noting that if you see him on draft night in the 20s in the 30s even 
you shouldn't be shocked because there is that that little bit of ambiguity where we don't know how teams are feeling about that. Um, yeah, I, I will say with that as well, we heard that stuff in December, January. There's been absolutely nothing since then. Um, yeah. Where, like, there really hasn't been a lot of any of that this year. And maybe that's because of the draft process this year or whatever, but there hasn't really been any damning information on anyone. Uh, so yeah. hopefully there isn't. Hopefully we just have a clean <laughs> class to an extent. You know what I mean? Yeah. But yeah, for sure. We digress. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we do digress. But yes, Micah Parsons is probably a top 10 prospect. If you omit all of that stuff, I would say he's probably top eight, top seven, top eight in this class. So yeah, pure film grade. That's what we're going by. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. Um, okay. We're going to move on to my number two because this is a guy that I just can't wait to talk about. Uh, he is your number four. four. Number four. four. Uh, sorry, I was trying to look. You held up the, the fingers. That was helpful. Um, <laughs> Baron Browning, the outside linebacker from Ohio State. Uh, Baron Browning is one of the weirdest evals, I will say, this year because they used him at uh, middle linebacker for two of his years in college, and he was bad, just straight up bad. Like, probably... I would say like the third best linebacker on that team at most during those two years. However, when they switched him, he's, he's naturally an outside linebacker. So they were kind of forcing him into a position where he wasn't really accustomed to playing. He moved back to outside linebacker in 2020 and the film that he put out there this year was crazy. Um, He is a great tackler. He's a really good block shutter. He's a really, really good blitzer. Um, But from different positions too. So just like Mike and a couple other guys in this class, he can blitz from Mike, from Will, from Sam. He could be an edge rusher at times and kind of like an odd front, like five front type situation. So there's a lot of different teams that could utilize his talents. Yeah. I will also say that when I first watched Baron Browning, I was fully expecting him to not be good in coverage. I think the Baron Browning is fairly good in coverage. I think when you watch his film, so some of the things that I look for, especially out of linebackers, is hip movement and hip fluidity. And Baron Browning has it. Like both both of the Ohio State linebackers that we're going to talk about do. And I would say that Werner probably has more fluid hips. But Browning, especially when he wasn't used in that capacity as much for a couple years there, and then they tossed him out there, and he was he was covering tight ends. Uh, he would actually, I mean, I think there were a few plays where he actually covered slot receivers uh, just because of the alignment. He's good in coverage, which is why I have a first round grade on him. However, uh, because he didn't play that position and because he was kind of moving all over the field, you can see where he lacks a little bit in instincts and vision uh, and and especially gap filling. So most of the the highlight plays that you're going to see from Baron Browning are him on a free rush uh getting to the quarterback that's that's pretty much what you'll see on a highlight tape i'd say would you agree with that randy uh free rush and open field yes yeah so i there are some things that baron browning needs to work on but because uh he definitely settled into the role that he was in in 2020 i have full faith that he is going to be a very very good outside linebacker at the next level you're not going to want to play him at mike I don't think ever. He is strictly an outside linebacker. He could be a 3-4 edge rusher for you, uh, just a standing edge. That's not really utilizing him to his full potential, but he could be, and that's some of the stuff that like props him up for me. Yeah, I, like I said, multiple fronts uh, he's, he's going to be really good in. I believe he's going to be a will linebacker in the NFL, especially early. Um, I do think he could play Sam, obviously, um, but. I think with what his athleticism is, keeping him on the weak side, at least early, will be able to let him uh, fully integrate into that outside linebacker position, which he's really only truly had one year of capability of even attempting that position. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I, I think uh, if you could figure it out slightly more, he's going to get to a point where he's going to be down at the next level. I think because he only has one year of film at outside linebacker is why I have him as a second round kind of player. 
instead of the first round necessarily. Uh, at least specifically off film, obviously. Um, yeah. Unlike you, where you're definitely more borderline and or first round no matter what where i'm yeah. a little bit <laughs> second to borderline so yeah. it, i definitely think there's a chance he goes in the first if there's an absolute dire need at linebacker and there's gonna be some people enamored with his talent um but him along with many many linebackers in this class would benefit from going to a team with a, a solid d line already in place so they can hold their gaps to allow him to get better because like we said the gap filling the instinctual stuff play recognition just isn't truly above average really yet like he just needs to continue to grow yeah yeah i'm with you there all right let's move on to your number two and my number five Who is how it? rude really um <laughs> maybe if uh <laughs> the safety uh jeremiah Kormoa, is my number two <laughs> linebacker um he's the coverage god at linebacker. That's because he really is a safety slash knuckle cornerback. Um, I truly believe he's basically Jeremy Chin. <laughs> um, and because of the, he's not Isaiah Simmons, who was a linebacker, but basically was a safety because he played more coverage. I think he's got a little bit better uh, tackling in him, and especially tackling power, where Obviously, like yeah, like I say, Simmons just an absolute freak athlete, just like Awusa Kormoa. But I think Jeremiah uh, hits hard as fuck. <laughs> like yes. I've seen some absolute decleating tackles. Those are obviously in the generation that we grew up in. Uh, we grew up on Ray Lewis uh, and other guy and Erlacher and all these Ed Reed, Paul. Like we we saw some heads taken off, and I, I've seen some of those hits. Obviously, not to certain extent because he wouldn't play games, but uh, he's he's definitely a beast in those burst plays where he can just fill and close quick as hell and make absolute hard plays. Which means he has a hard nose. Um, he's basically just an athletic freak at the position. Uh, probably the best change of direction and range of the class. But again, it is almost a cheat code because he, to a certain extent, isn't a linebacker. <laughs> and some teams wouldn't play him at linebacker necessarily. So I think there's a good reason why you don't have him as a pure number two linebacker. I just, if I'm grading him as a linebacker, he's the freakiest of freaks, just like Isaiah Simmons. So it's hard not to have him ultra high. Um, yeah. I think because of his size, he cannot fight off blocks, at least to an effective uh, set. Uh, because of his pure like strength when he plays, I think he can get a good pop with his hands to try and shed blocks, but he just can't really uh, get the block shed, can bond with instinctual play recognition type things. Uh, as a pure stacked linebacker right now, he needs to continue to grow at that. I think he's going to be a will linebacker at the next level and a safety and a nickel corner. <laughs> so yeah. I think he could play if he's going to be a will linebacker, I would want him in an even front, like a four, three. Um, and I would want him to be in a blitz heavy attacking scheme, which I think is going to be a, a constant trend in this class, really. Uh, Cause there's a lot of great blitzers. Maybe that's just the way of the position now, but um, I think with his, athleticism and speed he can get to the quarterback in many different types of twists stunts and just pure blitzes very very quickly and i i, I truly think he could be a weapon at the next level in my last mock i had him go to the washington football team because i was like oh shit run Ferreira. yeah that's gonna be great <laughs> yeah now i will say and the the hard hits are definitely impressive mm -hmm. uh there was a whole i was watching the draft featured on ESPN this weekend. There was a, I think, physics professor or something like that that like calculated how hard he hits uh, just based on his film, which is pretty cool. He was a Notre Dame grad. I highly recommend you go check out the, the draft featured, especially the Justin Fields one, but I'm biased there. <laughs> um, but I will say, I think outside of that, I think he does struggle to wrap up at times. I think... Uh, uh yeah, there's, so I there's consistency issues. 
There is. And and while I think like you're gonna see he's a great tackler because of how hard he hits, I think he's a good tack tackler that just tends to hit really freaking hard. And when he connects, like it's it's game breaking, man. Like he he legit I he he when he's hitting, he's actually hitting the right way as well. So like it, it's very fun to watch. He's leading with his shoulder sometimes, which exactly is is how you're supposed to hit at this point, or you're supposed to wrap up. But because he goes for those, that's why he tends to fail to wrap up at times. If you have like him versus Javante Williams, which I actually think he got the best of Javante Williams when they played, but uh, if you have like a back like Javante you might not get the best game out of Jeremiah Uzukoromoa. And that's that's okay. Uh, I have him at five. I also have a first-round grade on him. I have five first-round grades on linebackers. So uh, yeah. it's it's not me hating on him either. I, I love this player. But... Yeah, I... What do I even have to upgrade? I have him just... As a pure film, generally what I grade as just a first with before we get to the weight and stuff, I have him like on the he's basically a first rounder, but he's he's very, very close. Like to where like you could be either way. And I think that's because I'm judging as a pure linebacker, obviously. There's a lot of like at a certain point, some of his tape looks like Jonathan Abram. And it maybe it that's why I like him more. I you know. Maybe I'm a little biased there stuff for some reason, but he's uh, better like, at coverage than Abram already. So. Yeah, but that's what <laughs> so I'm that's saying. Like thing. he plays in the box, like Abram, but plays better in cover. It's ridiculous. Like that's my point. Yeah, yeah. He Either was fun way. to watch against Clemson specifically yeah. because of all the screens. He would just line up across from the person getting the screen, and then he would just evade all the blockers and then go make a tackle. It was fun to watch. All right. All right, let's move on to my number three. And forgive me, there's there's a couple different pronunciations for this guy's name. Uh, this is Randy's sixth linebacker, so he's a hater. Uh, no, not a so, hater at all. <laughs> uh, so Jamin or Jameen, I've heard it pronounced multiple ways. I would love to talk to Jamin or Jameen and ask him how to say his fucking name. Uh, but Jamin Davis, the linebacker out of Kentucky, this is a guy that is quickly, quickly rising up draft boards. Uh, I believe uh, Daniel Jeremiah has him as a top 25, top 28 player in this class now, which uh, I did not expect. I mean, I Randy put me onto this guy and said his first words were, oh boy, Christian's going to love him. And he was right. He is my linebacker three over guys that, I mean, like Ousakoromo is pretty consensus, the two. Uh, but Jamin Davis is is a fun player. He's fast. He's a great athlete. His uh, relative athletic score that I've been kind of keeping tabs on because I didn't know about it until this year uh, was one of the top 25, 28 linebackers. Same thing with Jeremiah's rankings, but uh, one of the top like 30 linebackers in the last 25 or so years, 30 years. So uh, very, very good athlete. Very good tackler can get downhill, can play downhill. Uh, but what really stands out to me is how good he is in coverage despite being fairly raw in that aspect of his game. Uh, he's super athletic. He can stick to tight ends. He can play his zone coverage. He was really good in zone coverage. I think he had a couple interceptions out of zone coverage. Um, he definitely has room to grow there, though. He's very raw. The biggest question that I have about Davis is why did they take him off the field so much? There would be like three down sets where he was just off the field. I don't know if it's a conditioning thing. It certainly doesn't seem like it after his pro day. Uh, I don't know if it was just the, the linebacker room was so good that the coaches wanted to get experience to all of their guys. Uh, but that was definitely a concern I had watching film. Go ahead. Oh, I was letting you finish. I, I have the same concern uh, for how basically freaky athletic he is. And, well, like you said, he he's raw in understanding concepts as a linebacker 
pretty much in every aspect, whether that's uh, run defending, play rec, uh, uh, instinctual stuff, um, what to do necessarily in different kind of man and some coverages. He needs to just absolutely grow as a player, which uh, he's going to learn. I mean, I have full faith in that ability, and I think that's why he's absolutely been rising up boards over the last couple months. Uh, just chimed in with, he's just a good player. I mean, yeah. to add in that he's a fast and a freak athlete, he's a good tackler, and I think he truly will be uh, every down player at the next level. Um, I would, him and Jabril Cox, which we'll get to soon, uh, the same thing for me, honestly. I would have them be Will linebackers early uh, with the future to be either side outside linebacker as well as possibly future Mike if you continue, if they could continue to grow and learn different concepts, um, I would want them in even fronts for three. Uh, again, what these both of them I think would do absolutely great things if they can go to a team with a good defensive line that has solid gap discipline and can keep them clean. Uh, yeah. Because when you have these kind of athletes at linebacker, uh, if you can keep them clean. <laughs> they are going to dominate. And that's what we saw from the Buccaneers. So that's the bread and butter. That's the the blueprint. That's what the league needs to go to because this is the generation, the next generation of linebackers. And we've already seen it work. And we've already seen it win a Super Bowl (laughs) with dominance up front, allowing just absolutely freak athlete linebackers just win the game for you. Yeah. Yeah, this is a guy again. This is my type of linebacker. You you pop on the the Jamin Davis film. That's that's who Christian likes. So now you know how I <laughs> evaluate him. Like. <laughs> that is the shit um, you do like. I I have him tied with Jabril Cox. I, I love them both. I have second high second round grades on both of them. Like I I have them just behind Baron Browning. Like they are they are absolutely guaranteed incredible athletes. So yeah, I think I think I'm gonna mock one of those two players, probably Davis, just based on the hype in my next mock. Whenever I do write that. Sure. All right, let's go to your three and my four. Of course, uh, Zayvon <laughs> Collins. Talk to me about Zayvon Collins, dude. We can't have anything in common. Um, <laughs> Zayvon okay. Collins. He's been talked about since day one of this process. Uh, he's very, very versatile. He's, again, an uber-athlete at the position. Uh, great change of direction and range because of that. I think he has very good instincts and in football IQ, uh, where he is already built in to play at the next level with those kind of qualities. Um, he is not great at block shedding when he's at stack linebacker, um, but he's also a guy that played edge rusher as well at different times he is he's a true multiple front outside linebacker um i think he does a great job on speed rush with good some with some good hand counters not great like power necessarily but i i think there's multiple fronts that will be able to use him if you allow him to just be himself and a true athlete he can be a guy that rushes for you covers for you plays in space and blitzes and can run downhill from the outside linebacker position I, I think he's a, a solid, solid piece. Um, I have him as a second-round grade. I also just don't think, uh, and I, this has kind of been industry-wide, um, I don't think I'm going to have, when we're completely done with this, 32 first-round grades. I'm going to be right. below the number, and this guy's going in the first round, in my opinion, for the most part. If not high, high second round, he's an incredible player. Um, he's going to I mean, there's maybe there's certain teams that I would have him go to instead of others. Maybe I'd want him to be truly utilized at a team like Seattle or something like that, where he can pretty much do whatever he feels like <laughs> at that point, uh, instead of maybe a pure 4-3 stack uh, outside linebacker position. So we'll see where the landing spot goes, where I would have him like graded for late. Because a lot of these guys could be landing spot. To where yeah. they're going to be, where like actual ranking after the draft for the best spots and the best people at those yeah. spots for these guys. But uh, either way, Zayvon Collins, third best linebacker for me. 
barely ahead of Baron Browning and barely below Uzakorabala. Like <laughs> these are close with my top six. Are very very close. I will say too, there was a point in time where Zayvon Collins was my LB one. I hadn't finished my Baron Browning study. I was panicking on Micah Parsons. Um, though I think I that you said something about Micah Parsons that really clicked in my head, which was Devin White. That you really just named a player, and I was like, oh yeah, Micah Parsons is going to be good. Uh, but at one point in time, Zayvon was. <laughs> my linebacker one and it's for all the things that you said uh there is some hype i think matt miller tweeted out today that uh he will be this is the one i was talking about he will be selected in the top 15 picks and dallas and oh denver maybe no denver makes sense uh giants makes sense dallas not necessarily yeah, I wouldn't. So, I wouldn't list edge and linebackers their top need. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> fair. Uh, but yeah, so it, it seems like Zayvon Collins is getting proper love from NFL teams now. And also, uh, who was it that was on the field with him, running him through drills? Was it the Jesus Giants? Christ. I think it was the New York Giants player personnel guy got down on, or assistant GM or something like that got down on the field and was holding the bag that he was punching into. So, uh, good sign for Zaven, probably, probably a top fifteen pick. Um, possibly, but again, uh, Giants are a team that they're like a weird team that don't doesn't have many holes, but also has like very definitive holes. And Edge is definitely one of those. And I don't think I would be confident in like, oh, well, Xavier Collins is my edge. You know, like, I think if he's versatility, uh, versatile uh, and used in that position certain times, for sure. But I don't think I'd be an every down thing. And that's why, I mean, we're we're a little bit lower on edges this year. uh, But I I mean, I reach necessarily for Quiddy Pay to them uh, because of just their dire need for it. so yeah. we'll see how it goes. If he's top fifteen, I'm not going to say that's a bad pick, um, but I I think I, I I definitely would have Micah go before him. But again, if there's character concerns from teams, it doesn't matter then. It, yep. You know, like exactly. Yep. All right. Let's move on to your five and my six. And you already talked about him a little bit, but it's Jabril Cox, the former North Dakota State linebacker, current. Uh, LSU linebacker he transferred over for his last year and he put some good film on the field this year uh I texted you when I first I watched like half of a game and I had to stop because I actually got busy at work and uh I said man I'm I'm not seeing this like crazy speed that everyone's talking about. Yeah, I shouldn't. I that was I was I told, stupid. I, uh, all I all I said was just wait. <laughs> what's crazy I, is I. It only took like another quarter before he was flying yeah. all over the field. It was. It, he's a fun linebacker. Very very fast. Very good in uh, coverage. He's he's very good in zone. He's very good in man. Uh, he's an athletic freak. He tested very well. Uh, he did not run. At his pro day, yet. yet he had a slight injury. He is planning to have a second pro day, basically, to just do uh, running and like jumping, all that stuff. So, yeah, he, we will have those numbers shortly uh, before the draft, but not before the show. So it doesn't matter. <laughs> Very true. Yeah, <laughs> but I, we do. We do have a, a prediction from him, which yeah. all the players' predictions have been relatively, really, really close, and I don't necessarily let me quickly look it up but um, four four eight i want to say four four nine it was it was better than that if i remember right i don't think he gave it exact um he said yeah okay so yeah it was four four he said he was going to run between like uh four six and like uh four five two like somewhere there depending on the stopwatch you know what i mean uh so he doesn't have like the best speed of the class, but he's got great play speed, especially. Um, he does. Again, it's the same, and this is why, like, he's tied with uh, Jameen Davis. I hate, like, doing this to players like that, just completely comparing them. <laughs> but they're pretty much, they have, like, the same strengths and the same weaknesses, really. 
I mean, obviously, like, there's some are better at certain aspects than the other, but, like, uh, and, like, obviously, Jameen is slightly faster. Uh, he's a slightly better tackler for sure. Um, but I think pure coverage, I think Jabril's better right now, but I think it's because he understands the concepts better. So yeah. in a year, maybe a year, two years, Jameen's going to be as good or better it, than Cox is right now. So, um, and he's definitely not a consistent tackler, but he's shown force. So it's kind of that Wusakormoa aspect where you know he can lay the wood, but uh, will he touch the guy? You know, like he, he still yeah. needs to figure out some instinctual play wrecks, block shedding stuff. Uh, same thing, like I said, outside linebacker, either side, future Mike, if he can continue to grow and adapt, uh, because I truly think him and Jameen can become that Devin White mold where just Devin White coming out was already incredible. Like, these guys still have to grow to that aspect. And maybe they won't, but I, I have some faith <laughs> in yeah. these two. Yeah, for sure. I will say, like, you mentioned block shedding is a problem. I think it's a a fairly large problem right now with him. Uh, but I also could attribute that to maybe, like, uh, just level of competition here in this first year. I mean, he only played one year at LSU, which is a lot different than playing yeah. at North Dakota State. So, uh, so yeah, I think he'll definitely need to get better at that. But I think he also has the ability to get better at that. And it, it takes some coaching, obviously, like with all these guys, their projections. Uh, and Yeah, no, none of these guys – well, none of the guys we're at so far are finished products. Yeah, very true. I'm not sure any of them are, but we'll, we'll get to that. So. <laughs> very true. Uh, all right. Let's, let's jump to – because we've – now done all of our top six, both of our top six. Uh, let's jump to your seven, uh, yes. which happens to be my 12. Yeah, um, we, big hater. We, we disagree on Cameron McGrown. <laughs> yes, so Cameron McGrown, the linebacker out of Michigan, he's a good player, man. And I don't think he's a great player. I think he's a fast player. I think he's a really good athlete. Uh, I think he's very raw. Uh, I think his play recognition, his instincts, uh, his coverage all leave a little bit to be desired on the field. Uh, I think his gap discipline is only okay. I think he'll shoot the wrong gap sometimes, uh, which goes into play recognition. Uh, I think he just... We talk about lunging for offensive tackles. I think that's what he does. I think he gets so excited that he found a hole to go make a tackle that he just lunges into that hole and then leaves a wide-open cutback lane. Uh, Definitely things that need to be improved upon at the next level. But the reason – go ahead. I was going to say, just speaking of that exact thing, though, while he is not uh, a great – visual player with play rack uh his instincts are the worst in the class i have fully graded right now um i i think he can obviously get better at that but like i think he with that like over eagerness to shoot gaps we've seen it also he's a great great blitzer i think he could play Mike, I don't think I would put him outside linebacker because while he is a pretty decent athlete, there's some like coverage and like like change of direction stuff that I would while he's still so raw, I would rather have not be outside in. Um uh, but if you could put him at Mike in a blitz heavy scheme, I think that's where he would flourish. Yeah. Yeah, and <laughs> but the thing is is that could also get you in trouble. 100%. Uh, it, And so he's very, there aren't too many like boom or bust linebacker prospects that I can remember. Uh, I think like your Ousa Koromoas and your Isaiah Simmons, maybe, but they're definitely leaning more boom, literally and figuratively. But I think Cameron McGrone is that. I think he is the boom or bust prospect of this class. I think like pure projection, if I didn't have like, all the like instinctual like tool stuff so like average or worse for him 
I would like just pure like potential because of his mic ability, which not all of these guys are going to be a mic day one. So maybe that rises him up boards, maybe up to seven or eight or nine or whatever. But I have him at 12 because I think he's a project. And I think I wouldn't, I, I would never have him start first year is basically where I go. And that's why he's lower for me. I, I think I think he's going to do great on special teams. He's going to do great rotationally playing. And maybe we can get a pure starting bike linebacker to this guy. But it's a project. He reminds me a little bit of uh, Mac Wilson coming out, actually. Slightly. in A little you know, kind of inverse, though, because I feel like yeah. Mac was a better, better in coverage, uh, not so much a downhill player. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that's just the Browns fan in you coming up with a... Uh, For sure. Uh, uh, just a, a guy, but like there's, I mean, there's plenty of guys like that right now where maybe they're not, he's a good enough athlete to where like he won't get played out of the NFL. So yeah. that's, that's a good thing. Cause like, and, and he could be effective on like different aspects, different packages and special teams day one um, while he continues to grow at the position. And it, I think he could be a good leader. So like, that plays into the mic as well so i we'll see how he ends up but yeah. <laughs> there's still right. a lot of room to grow when it comes to being a pure linebacker and, for sure you know maybe i'm <laughs> a little picky at that aspect so uh, to my seven and your nine uh i have nick bolton uh a guy that i have had and i've seen a lot of people put in the first round at different aspects um, mainly because of like, oh, just gonna be pure Mike. And like I said, that's not like a a lengthy list in this class. <laughs> uh, so what do you get a pure Mike? I think he's gonna just continue to shoot up the board. Um, he's truly an incredible tackler, in my opinion. He's a great athlete that helps that. I think he needs to continue to grow with like um, instinctually stuff, but he's got some good vision and play rag that makes up for it. And especially um, that kind of play will make up for a little bit of athletic deficiencies in coverage uh, where I do think he needs to continue to grow, but he again, great tackler, great gap discipline. Um, biggest hangout for me is he's average at best in coverage. Yes. I mean, I, I think he needs to obviously grow there. Um, so after fully studying him, I know like I've seen him be uh, placed to places like uh, Green Bay. Um, I don't fully get behind that now um, nope. because of uh, they run so many, a lot, like so much times they're one linebacker, <laughs> like yeah. one true linebacker in the middle field. That guy, the tackling, the gap filling, all that stuff he's perfect for, but <laughs> the coverage stuff when you're the lone of the center of that middle of the field, like he's not there. I can't consciously draft him to that position anymore. <laughs> so as we continue to get deeper, this this the the box going to be even harder to do. Um, but which is <laughs> crazy because we get more information, so it should be easier. But it's not because we have not. too much information that. Um, yeah, but exactly. I do. I do think he can start uh, at day one as long as he's a Mike on probably any kind of front. But as long as his coverage discipline and and scheme fit is shallow zones, like yeah. I wouldn't fully trust him in man unless it's maybe on a linebacker, like or not a line, on a running <laughs> back, uh, or maybe yeah. like the second tight end of a play. Like for certain man concepts, well, no, I mean, like, yeah, a running back I, yeah. is either running a flat, a, a stop and right. go, a, an angle Texas route. Like, you know yeah. what he's kind of running, so you can cover that. The second tight end's more of a blocker. Maybe he's a a hitch and go kind of guy, uh, where or he's he's blocking first and then ended up being a flat or a curl. Like that's where he should cover right now as he continues to grow in that role. Yeah. No, I, I fully agree. I actually don't. I don't even know that he'd be effective in any of the like, I think if you have yeah. a running back running out to the flat, I think he'd be effective there because I think that's where he thrives. He can just run downhill and ball like 
ball hawk essentially as a linebacker and just go get the ball uh, in terms of go force a fumble, go hit the guy hard. But if he has to like move anywhere uh, vertically, I, I get a little nervous that he's he's a good athlete, but he's not like, I think it limits what his ceiling is. And that's why I haven't ranked even below McGrone because I think Bolton is more of a finished product. I think he can still get better instinctually. Uh, but in terms of like Bolton versus McGrone, I would draft McGrone and hope that I could coach him up rather See, than draft yeah. Bolton. And I would draft Bolton and hope I can coach him up in slight coverage dynamics it's, where, it's because he doesn't have the same limitations as a pure linebacker. And that's when you're a Mike, it's kind of hard to have those limitations and be truly valued. So that's, that's where we kind of defer on those two. But uh, where we don't defer is our number eight linebacker. We both have Pete Werner. So surprising. We actually agree yet again, um, <laughs> go, go on with Pete Werner. Cause... Yeah. Pete Werner is a guy I actually came up on. Uh, so he he tested athletically, like extremely athletically, and at times I saw it on tape, but at times I could see where he could be limited athletically. Uh, so then I was like, okay, did I miss something? Uh, because like this dude's a freak. He's a freak athlete, and I did. I mean, I went back and I watched. I think I watched mostly 2019 games initially, and then I came back and I watched some 2020. He is pretty similar to Browning in that he was moved around all over the place, but he was more used in coverage Um, in terms of like, if they had to pick between Browning or Werner in coverage, they would choose Werner. Although I think Browning is probably better in coverage down the road, but that's just a side note. Uh, I think he's good at, at filling his gaps. I think he's good at run stuffing. I think he definitely isn't the quickest when he has to change directions. I don't think he has the most range. Uh, we have him listed here as a 4-3 Sam. I agree with that. I think that's like the only place he's going to play. I think he could develop into a will, to be honest. But like, it's I, I think his most ideal fit is definitely a Sam linebacker. Again, he, he'll need to get better with his coverage because... Like I said, when I watched tape the first time, I thought, man, this, I mean, he's blown a few coverages, especially downfield, uh, but his 2020 film was better. And that's what you look for. You look for guys to get better. He did that. He's a very good linebacker. I would love him on any team that I root for. That is for sure. Oh, yeah. Especially if your team, uh, like one of ours, the Browns, or, um, yeah, so basically, if your team is struggling at that second level, making tackles and really stuffing the run, and you're not uh, because you're you don't have a dominant one tech or something, like he is absolutely going to fill that role, and he's he's going to elevate the defense easily from day one. He he is a good tackler, great block shitter, hole filler, like he's everything you want in pure linebacker capabilities. Um, yeah. And he's, I, I mean, I put here a decent athlete because while he did test almost out of the moon a lot of places, um, like on tape, you don't see that kind of elite athleticism necessarily. And maybe that's because he's more focused on the run because that was his job. Um, yeah. you know, and I will say like he, at, especially 2019 and early 2020 was used more in coverage, uh, than, uh, Bear Browning, uh, because Browning was still getting used to the position, it still is. Uh, yeah. Werner was given the nod, but now that <laughs> the better athlete was allowed to cover better athletes, uh, yeah. the, the defense played a little bit better. Um, he's he's kind of like a like he's a perfect mixture of a sort. Like he's mm-hmm. not like obviously the perfect mixture is like Michael Parsons, where he's he's a great tackler, great hole filler, he's fast as fuck, he's he needs to get better at coverage, but he's a way he's a, such an elite athlete that he makes up for it at times. Like Pete's just not there. And yeah. that's why I would rather him be an outside linebacker, especially as Sam, just to so he's always on the strong side fighting off the blocks and trying to stop the play right off the bat. Yeah, for sure. And I will say I put in here 
odd fronts, I think he could play inside linebacker. At certain times, I wouldn't have that all the time. I think he needs to develop that, obviously, more. Uh, but it, it's slight versatility. Yeah. Uh, you yeah. Know. <laughs> I think he's a I think he's a good fit for basically any team, but I would love to see him in the uh like San Francisco scheme, which means the Jets as well. Like I think the way they use their linebackers, he would be a pretty good fit. So Yeah, hundred percent. Do you want to do my ten now or do you wanna move on to your nine? Oh well why would we jump to your ten? We might as well do my, my nine. Last guy. Let's do Okay, nine. well we're gonna do my, my nine. <laughs> uh Chesserot. Uh, for me, um, I think I might have seen a little bit better uh, games than Christian. Um, in reality, he is uber fast. Um, honestly, oh God, I don't remember his exact pro day number, but it was ridiculous. He has he's tied with the fastest grade for me because I think it's all in that same kind of tier. Um, he's a really he's a great tackler. He's great in coverage. Obviously, the pure linebacker stuff, the play record instincts, vision stuff, uh, block shedding to fill the hole, not great. <laughs> that's that's the easiest way I could say it without being mean. Yes. Like, not great, but let's be honest, hasn't played the position enough. <laughs> like, the, gr- the more he plays this, the greater he's going to be. And because he's such, such a good athlete, and he already has the coverage ability, he already has the tablet ability that a lot of the guys that are just pure athletes and cover guys don't have. He's a consistent tackler. Uh, I, I think that just continues to grow his lore for me. Like, I, I think he's going to continue to get better instinctually wise. I saw great improvements uh, from 2019 to 2020 tape. Um, honestly, the 2019 tape, I probably would have him 10, 11, 12, just like Christian. Once you get into 2020, he just continually gets better at tackling. He continually understands concepts for pass coverage better. And it's it's just a great growth. And when I see that kind of growth, I'm going to reward it, um, especially because you know he's coachable. You know he's continually getting better. And I think because of that, that's why I have him at nine. I think um, he's very limited in where I would play him. I think he's just a 4-3 outside linebacker. Uh, but there's a ton of teams that play that scheme. And there's a ton of teams that need an outside linebacker right now. And I think he fits well across the league. I think he could probably start day one. I have him as a day two guy. Um, and because of that, he's my nine. Yeah, I think I have a fourth round grade on him, but that's not me saying that I don't like him. Uh, I, I I like this linebacker class, and I think there's definitely a tear break after like the first five, and then I think there's another tier break after like, oh yeah, six. Sorry, sorry, Jabril, for me. <laughs> you bitch. Um, <laughs> uh, it's probably a tier break there, uh, and then probably again at like eight or nine, and then Chaz falls somewhere in like my tier three of linebackers. I think I I agree with you. I think there's definitely room to grow, but I think that, and maybe it was because of the games I watched, but. I think there's a lot of rawness to his game that yeah. I don't – I guess I I did weigh that in, and I still came out with this fourth-round grade on him because I just didn't love what I was seeing on tape. Now, do I think that he can improve and be a very good linebacker? Absolutely. I just would not take him above even a couple of the other – I mean, I'd probably take I him would. over my 10 uh, right now, but I – I don't know. Biggest thing with Chaz for me, we've already seen, in my opinion, a vast improvement in his second year playing the fucking position. Uh, <laughs> like That's fair. we're we're at the point where uh, I believe you said he was a he was a quarterback before this, right? He was. Uh, like, my God, this dude is going to continually get better. I think he could eventually be your leader of the defense. I wouldn't put him at Mike linebacker, but you don't have to be a Mike linebacker to be the leader of the defense. I, I there's definitely plenty of room to grow. Don't get me wrong. Instinctually, he is uh, as bad as there is in the class. The only guy I would have lower would be McGrone, ironically. Um, yeah, and which is which is why I don't understand why you don't like him. But no, <laughs> I definitely I, I will say I watched like. 
one, maybe two games in 2019 compared to like three to four of 2020. Like, I and think there's the inverse of that. Yeah, exactly. And I figured as much because there's a vast improvement and that's, that's coachable. And if I already see the improvement, I'm willing to bet on that guy because I know he can make another jump. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> but again, I'm betting, I'm betting on him as the ninth best. So it's not, <laughs> not a great bet. Um, yeah. For sure. All right. Your turn. Right. <clears throat> My 10. And this is a guy that we definitely disagree on, but we're running out of time here. So we're not going to be able to argue too much. But my number 10 is Dylan Moses, the I'm linebacker sure. out of Alabama. And you hate him. Um, I don't hate him. I, I think he's your 11. We, <laughs> um, I believe yeah. so. I just think we, we disagree on a key concept here. Yes. And so the key concept is that. The last time Dylan Moses was actually good at football was 2018. It was three years ago. Yep. Um, and so when he's healthy, he's athletic. He's quick. He has a nose for the ball. He is. He still is, even when he's not healthy, cerebral. He was only out there to run that defense. And he admitted to that, uh, I think, with, I think it was in an interview with PFF's podcast or something like that. Uh, where he basically said, I was hurt. It hurt me to step. It hurt me to run. But I was out there because I wanted to lead my teammates. And so I, I think of that and I think of what he showed us in 2018. My first thought is, hey, dude, you probably should have came out in the 2019 NFL draft, or I guess it'd be the 2020 NFL draft uh, that he would have been eligible for. He should have come out in last year's class. He didn't play that entire year, I think. He got hurt in preseason, uh, and so he tore his ACL. And the recovery clearly did not go very well if we're – I mean, they started playing September, normal time. So he would have torn his ACL 13 months before stepping onto a field, although practice and stuff. So normally an ACL is like – Six that, to nine months now. I will say in that interview, he said the first game he felt right of 2020. Um, and then he started going and, downhill, especially the first half. And then like the next game, he just didn't apparently feel like himself. Um, and that's what I saw on tape. I, I watched. I, I knew what he was in 2018. We scouted this guy last year. Um, so I, I watched the 2018 team tape already but i watched two <laughs> games of it and i was like yeah this dude was where we thought he probably would have gotten drafted day two last year because he was just an athletic freak of nature in 2018 uh he didn't come out 2020 we didn't see that uh he's we didn't consistently he's been not good in coverage um he's not a great block shedder like we we've seen those consistent things stay there his athleticism has shrunk. <laughs> his yep. his play rec and instinctual play, because he hasn't been on the field enough, has not grown at all. So for that, <laughs> I I have to I I can't just grade on twenty eighteen potential. I have to grade the player that we have right now because we haven't seen him be twenty eighteen Dylan Moses. So you either have to pray for that to come. We have to act like that player's dead. And to me, I'm acting like that player's dead. I'm acting like Dylan Moses is what he is in 2020, what he is right now in 2021, and what he can grow to be. I think he'd continue to grow and get closer to that 2018 for sure. But I think that 2018 might be a ceiling now. Yeah, but his 2018 was also a first-rounder, right? I think. Most likely. And again, and that's where we defer, where – if I'm saying his first year of play <laughs> was his ceiling now, because we don't know if he's ever going to be back to that pure athleticism that he had, that pure speed and change direction stuff. Like he just doesn't, he didn't show it. And just like you said for the last guy, uh, yeah, if he's out and uh, he's covering a flat, yeah, he can get over there. You can cover that guy. Yeah, sure. Maybe, uh, but he can't do, but he, he can't do it as well as he did in 2018. That's my point. 
not even I, close. And so, yeah. so to that point, though, Randy, like I, we talked about this before we were recorded. If I'm grading him on what I saw in 2020, he's a he's barely draftable. Like he would be off my board based on name value <laughs> and the fact that he's gonna be a third through sixth round pick. Like I, I think I would take him off my board at that point because. At that point, his 2020 film was pretty much like late day three to me, like seventh rounder probably. It was not I, good. I am as a day three, probably a late fourth rounder right now, uh, most likely a fifth. I, if anything, he'll go in the very late four, uh, third or the fourth because of obviously his pedigree of uh, what he came in as a prospect, what he did in his first season. But I mean. It, Obviously, the the injury stunted everything, but we've seen no growth at all. That's fair. It, it, he's one of the more like divisive, polarizing players. I think he's probably going to get selected on day three at this point. Hey, so listen, man i i I believe like a couple weeks ago, in you know, one of our Friday fixes, I had him taken in like the late third or the fourth round, yeah. and one of our commenters on the stream was like, "Well, he's going second round obviously and now we're two weeks or three weeks later and you look at any mock draft site and he's going fourth fifth or sixth round like and there's a reason for it (laughs) you know it's it's true yeah all right let's move on to your 10 yep we'll finish quickly with my 10 tony fields who is your 11 uh, so we yeah. are pretty close on this guy. Uh, if only you didn't uh, love the old Moses for some stupid reason. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Obviously, and I, and I will say, I give, I, I'm giving Dylan Moses a lot of shit on this. And maybe I'm being overly critical, but uh, he's going to be, he's going to be an NFL player. I, I think when you have that, like, I believe he's a Pfizer athlete and all that stuff. Like he's, he's going to get drafted. And if he could get healthy, and he could be close to 2018 or 2018 or maybe even better in the long run of this. He's going to be a, a hell of value. There's no question. But 2020 tape, he's the fourth or fifth round pick. Yeah. Uh, sure. But speaking of, Tony Fields, great <laughs> tackler, uh, much better play record instincts than Dylan Moses. Um, <laughs> That's true. I will say uh, average at best coverage and range ability. Same with change of direction. For the most part, um, not a lot more to say of this guy. Obviously, I I think I'm not sure he's necessarily. I don't think he's a, like a raw prospect. I think he's close to what his ceiling is already, um, and that's why I have him a little bit lower. Obviously, every one of these people can grow. They're still young people, so yeah. they're going to continue to grow. But I think he's going to get drafted, be a rotational player. I think he could eventually start starting will for you in a in an attacking scheme. I would say probably an even front, but possibly multiple fronts. Yeah, maybe. I would say his his best attribute, I think I graded it 9 out of 10, was block shedding. Uh, dude can take on a block, and he actually knows how to shed a block, which, if you think about it, most of these linebackers that we've talked about, like that is their main area of improvement uh, because they most of them try to out-athlete Tony Fields can't out athlete. He's not he's not going to run around guys. He's not going to beat blockers to spots. He's going to take on the block and he's going to fundamentally make the tackle and that's just that's what you're getting out of Tony Fields like you said. He reminds me of uh Avery Williamson a little bit. Okay. Which I am bad at comps, so that might be kind of off. Uh we'll see see what I come up with by draft guide time. <laughs> Which I mean, if he's if, in there, I don't, I don't know. If yeah, he probably probably won't make it. Let's be real. Uh, but yeah, I I like Field as a player. I know uh, Ben Solak is going crazy over this kid, so I definitely felt the need to watch him before we got to this episode. Yeah, I, I agree. He's I like what I see on tape, and he's definitely an above average block shitter. He's a good tackle, all that stuff. But I do think he's close to a finished product. So it's. I don't even think good... there's much more left. I think he is a finished product, which is good. I mean, yeah, I mean that's a good prospect. Now. It's just 
Like, I don't think he's going to grow much as a pass cover guy. He's not going to get any more range. Like, you know what I mean? Like, he's an average athlete, maybe slightly above average. He's got, he's among the worst. He's tied for the worst speed of this linebacker class for me. Like, there's, it's just, it's just what he is. Yeah, for sure. That'll wrap up our linebacker rankings. So, we did touch on 12 guys, I believe. Uh, so let us know what you think. Let us know if we're forgetting someone. If you've watched someone that you think maybe we are omitting, that's fine. Uh, we we try and try to watch every prospect in the draft, and it's just impossible for two of us to do and at least get final evals done. Um, we can watch them, but w- when we do our final evals, like we aren't just obviously watching one game of these guys. So uh, no. let, absolutely not. I would never I, – I, this is why – like that's what happened with Jabril Cox. I said, he's not even that fast, dude. And I'd watch literally like a quarter and a half. <laughs> this is why you don't watch one game. Uh, exactly. Although Justin yeah. Fields' uh, analysis is simply you just watch Indiana and Northwestern, and that's it. That's, that's all you have just, to do. Just Northwestern. Yeah, true. Not even Indiana, the 400 all-purpose shirts. Uh, no, anyway, they're still a good stat line. Exactly. Um. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. So that'll that'll do it. Our Friday fix will be back this Friday. The poll will go out sometime soon. Uh, we have not discussed the teams, so we are going to live pick the teams right now. So Fuck, who won the Vikings? Okay, so, so it's Bills, Bills Cardinals. Cardinals, Giants, and... Giants. If we did dolphins, by the way, no. You want to add the dolphins? Uh, yeah, yeah. Let's let's yeah. double check that we haven't done them already, and then we'll add them if we have not. Sounds good. And I'm also gonna put together a thread of all of our Friday fix episodes, so they will be all there uh, once once we're done with them. Since there will be a week break probably uh, before the NFL draft, so. Uh, that will be coming to you. Make sure you guys go vote on that poll. Like I said, follow us at the cut FFB. Uh, follow me at C Williams NFL. Follow Randy at our hall NFL. Randy, do you have anything to add before we bounce out of here? Uh, no. no. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, well, for Randy Hall, I'm Christian Williams. We will talk to you guys on Thursday with our corner rankings. We are pumped for that. Later.